Good afternoon, Lafayette. We did it. We made it to Friday. Thank the Lord. We are here. Going to close it out. Got a big night of high school football you can catch right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Lots of football on all of our Town Square media stations. Find the school you want to support. Go listen in. It's going to be a great night. Lots of good football tomorrow and lots of good football on Sunday. It's back. It's here. You walk outside. It, it almost feels like fall weather. It's just nice right now. Anyway, 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message to the KPL app chat. Uh, remember to select general message so I can see your messages. If you send it to any other show, I'm not going to be able to read them or respond to them. So make sure you select general message when you are trying to send a message through the KPL app chat. Now, I have to be honest with you. I enjoy watching political debates. I do. I think that they are important as part of the political discourse for us as voters to learn what we need to learn about the candidates. I usually take time out of my evening to watch them. But alas, I forgot about it. I legitimately forgot about it until somebody sent me a message and asked if I was watching. And then I realized what time it was. And I said, nah, it's too late. Uh, Jeff Landry wasn't there. Um, They spent a little bit of time attacking him, but not really all that much time attacking Jeff Landry. Uh, Here's my problem with the debate. Today, is September 8th. So the debate was on September 7th. So that means it was about five weeks before the election. If you're paying attention to gubernatorial politics right now, you've probably already made up your mind. And in fact, looking at the numbers, I talked about poll numbers recently, it looks like most of Louisiana has made up their mind. And if they don't like any of the candidates at this point, chances are they're just not going to go vote. It's 2023. We have off-year elections. We don't have high election turnout because of it. If, if somebody is undecided in a poll, they're not voting. That's just how it's going to, to end up. But here's what's notable in that. I went to social media. I couldn't find clips of the debate. I saw people quoting. I saw people summarizing. And those were reporters. I've come to the conclusion that only about 36 to 45 people watched the debate last night. And they were all reporters. And Moon Grafon. And I... I, I'm, I don't think I'm being too facetious in that. I don't think that many people actually watched it. Nobody was talking about it on social media. Nobody really is mentioning much in local media today. I mean, it is a thing that happened, but have you heard anything? 
Is that water cooler talk like maybe a presidential debate would have been for you and your politically active friends at work? I don't know many people who watched it, who paid attention. I have friends who love to hate on politics and they didn't care about this one either. Now, there were some things that were said last night that I do want to get into a little bit. Uh, Sean Wilson kind of opened up his attacks on Jeff Landry because he knows it's going to be him and Jeff Landry in the runoff. He did the same BS line that the Stephen Waggespack Political Action Committee did a while back, attacking Jeff Landry for crime rates. He said Jeff Landry's not here just like he hasn't been there for crime in Louisiana. And again, it's such a stupid attack because you know you know the attorney general's office is not a police office. It's not a police force. They prosecute based on the crimes that are that are brought forward for the state. But it's the it's the top it's the top law firm for the state, the attorney general's office. It's the top prosecutor for the state. They go out and do the bidding of the state when the state's interests are needing to be defended. Jeff Landry can't implement any sort of of policy to slow down crime. And I think it's very weird that they're going with this because the person who does have the authority to implement policies that have a direct impact on crime is the guy that Sean Wilson worked for for the last eight years, John Bell Edwards. It's a really interesting bit of deflection on his part there. Very, very interesting. Now, they talked about crime. Schroeder, I think, had a good response to crime because we do need to talk about the mental health issue for crime. Schroeder said crime fighting isn't all about putting people in jail. It's more about how you deter crime. Mental health is a huge problem. I think that's a good point to bring up. Sharon Hewitt said, I passed a bill to be tough on fentanyl manufacturers and these clandestine labs. She also mentioned, yeah, uh, we will eradicate fentanyl just as we did heroin. I don't know if Sharon Hewitt is aware of it, but heroin s- still exists. Okay, you don't see people overdosing on it a lot, but heroin is still a drug people use. So she didn't eradicate it. Uh, Wag is pack. Uh, they summarize summarizing his what he said. He wants to uh, back pay and train more law enforcement. Wants more technology, license plate readers, body cams, street cams, uh, state surplus dollars. The the license plate readers thing is interesting because that's actually uh, for the libertarians. It's a big issue. Uh, is that an invasion of privacy? Libertarians have talked about that for a while. If you scan somebody's license plate and something pulls up, did you have uh, the constitutional right to scan that license plate? Or is it illegal search and seizure? It's interesting he would go that route. Uh, Hunter Lundy, focusing on education. I do like that aspect of his campaign, focusing a lot on education. Uh, Wilson says he will make the investments needed for new uh, for local law enforcement to build the force they need locally, invest in mental health and education. Kind of the same as Schroeder, a little bland, but not, not the wrong thing to say. The problem for Wilson is that his, again, his boss has actively done whatever he could to stay out of the fight to address crime. How can we expect any different from Wilson? Uh, they talked about insurance affordability, uh, abortion, 
teacher pay raises. They talked about uh, the minimum wage. What we really didn't hear a whole lot on were some of those economic issues that are really important to us. How do we retain people in the state? How do we make sure that there are jobs available for people in the state? All five candidates say they would not support increasing the state's gas tax to improve roads and bridges. Yay for them. Um, Everybody was kind of so-so on the second minority-majority district. Uh, COVID vaccines. Let's see. All five candidates said no to adding COVID to mandated vaccines for school. Uh, Everybody supported, uh, let's see, on, on minimum wage. Hewitt says it's time to have the conversation. Wagaspack said no uh, increase in the minimum wage. Lundy said yes. Wilson said yes. Schroeder said yes. I think it's interesting position from Schroeder, uh, but he is a treasurer. He, he, he has some insight into some of those financial issues. That would be interesting to see. Um, they asked about racially biased policing. Lundy said there's a problem with it. Wilson said there's a problem with it. Schroeder said they have some problems, but overall no. Hewitt said... Uh, I don't think we can have an across-the-board problem, but uh, let's see. Wagaspack said, uh, Wagaspack said, can't disparage the entire police department. Uh, did you learn, if you watched it, did you learn anything from, from the debate? I'm not sure anybody did. That's the thing. I'm not sure anybody learned anything from the debate. I'm not sure it changed anybody's minds. I'm not even sure anybody watched it, like I said. I don't think it changes the game at all. Jeff Landry is still far ahead. Sean Wilson is in second place, a somewhat distant second place, and nobody else is really making much of an impact on the race. The thing about a debate is if you're going to debate, you need a decisive moment. And nobody on that stage, based on the lack of of talk about the race, nobody on that stage had a moment. I don't think it changed things. Now, they're supposed to have another debate, and apparently Jeff Landry might be showing up to that one. But again, does anybody have a moment? That's what I want to know. I don't think they will. I don't think these debates are going to make much of an impact. Have the debate sooner. Have them right after qualifying when things are still up in the air. Don't wait until just over a month and when people have already mostly made up their minds. Kind of a fruitless exercise. All right, we're going to take a break. You guys call in 232-1542. Let me know what you think about the governor's race, if you watch the debate, anything like that, or send a message to the KPL app chat. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message through the KPL app chat. Select general message to send your uh to send your message and let your thoughts be heard here on the program. Uh so here's the thing. I and, and I'm I'm focusing on This debate, despite the fact that it really seems like nobody talked about it, because, again, the whole point of a debate when it's televised like that is to is to have these moments. These these debates are generally done so that the candidates can have a moment to shine. I just read you summaries and quotes. From the debate. 
nobody on that stage said anything that was truly all that memorable. Uh, there were a couple swipes at Jeff Landry. Most of it's forgotten by now. Uh, Jeff Landry not being there is kind of the story of the night. It's kind of like when Donald Trump uh, skipped the, the first Republican primary debate. Uh, that was a larger part of the story. But the difference between those two is that the candidates who were on the stage, they all had some kind of viral moments. And none of the candidates on the stage last night did. Nobody said anything really outrageous. Nobody said anything really controversial. It was just bland. And that's kind of described most of their campaigns, to be honest. It's not that I want a whole lot of folks to uh, to jump in and just like say controversial things for the sake of being controversial. No, I want them to have substance, but you need to have some some oomph behind it. You know, you're you're trying to get everybody's attention, trying to encourage people to vote for you. Uh, we're not seeing that. I mean, there were again very few swipes at Jeff Landry. Uh, Everybody was just kind of focused on their own little talking point for the questions. Wasn't really much going on there. And so it it didn't resonate with people. I mean, I, I went to Facebook. I went to, to Twitter. I searched as much as I could. Did not really find a whole lot. Not really many people talking about it. Just some reporters who had like little tweet threads about, you know, what people were saying, kind of giving little bits of play-by-play, -play, but there was no discussion around it, no real social media engagement around it. It was just bleh. And I think that's that's a pretty important thing to note here as well. Again, you're looking at a race where Jeff Landry is uh Jeff Landry is going to be the guy. And he's going to go up against Sean Wilson. And I think that's a pretty pretty big deal that nobody was able to shake that dynamic up. And it is pretty late in the game to be fair, but nobody was able to, to shake that dynamic up. All right, let's take this break. We will be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham show news talk, 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham show here on news talk, 96.5 KPL two, three, two, 15, 42 is the number. If you want to be part of the conversation, or send a message through the KPL app chat. Let's go over to the phone lines now. We've got Chad. Chad, is that you? Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, man. Good evening. Uh, got, got to get used to you. I've been on five o'clock now. I got <laughs> used to you uh, at the three o'clock hour. Well, I, I'm glad to be here. What you got for me, Chad? Yeah, amen, amen, amen. Listen, listen, Joe. I'm gonna cut to the chase because you, you know, I watch, I, I watch the. Uh, you, the governor's debate, and, you know, I'll say this, and a lot of people might agree or disagree, yes. I felt uh, John Schroeder did a good job, along with uh, Wagenstein did a good job. And, but, you know, towards the end, I didn't like the, how uh, Schroeder pr uh, presented himself. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, also, I'm going to say this right here on KPL. If I was uh, uh, Jeff Landry and John Schroeder, you better keep your eye on uh, Sharon Hewitt. Yeah, and she's gonna do some back, she's gonna do some backstabbing BS. Mm -hmm. uh, Hunter Lundy, that's that's a fat boy version of Mary Landrew. <laughs> Sean Wilson, we know how he is. Wagstaff, you know, 
And that's another that's another one you need to keep your eye on. Yes, he's talking a good game, but you got to watch him. Mm-hmm. But I'm agree, in agreement, slightly in agreement with you that um, you said no, but no one particularly wanted to debate. But you, you, we already we knew Sean West was going to take a stab at Jeff Landry. Yeah. But I was I was surprised uh, John Schroeder took a stab at him. It didn't surprise me that uh, Sharon Hewitt took a stab at him about the litigation on the off-field, which that is not true. Yeah. Jeff Landry is pro-off-field. Mm-hmm. And she she needs a reality check. But well, here's the thing. I'll let you have the floor after this comment. If I was Jeff Landry, I'd keep my eye just in case. I don't think John Schroeder's going to do, do it, but I wouldn't put anything past him because it's, this is politics. Wouldn't put, if I was Jeff Landry, keep your eye Eyes and ears open just in case John Schroeder, Sharon, he- Sharon Hewitt, and Egg Wagstack do some dirty, dirty, dirty uh, Scott Angel, Jay Dorton crap like they did, and boom, lo and behold, guess who'll be our next governor? Sean yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Chad, I-, I think you're right. I think that Je- that Jeff Landry does need to, to look out. Um, as far as Schroeder goes, I think Schroeder's playing the political game where he's going to attack Jeff Landry to his face. I mean, he's got attack ads that have done it. I think he's dropping another attack right. ad. Uh, but I, I think that's more just Schroeder having to play the political game. I, I, I think some of the attacks are kind of silly, but I also don't hold a whole lot against yeah. Schroeder for it uh, because that's that's the game you got to play if you're trying to win. If, if agree, the, agree. Right, right. You got to do what you got to do to win. I do not think John Schroeder's a snake, but as far as Sharon Hewitt, if I was Jeff Landry and John Schroeder, I'd see my eyes on her. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with you. Uh Hewitt has Hewitt has been very um she 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 has not been very conservative and, and she tries to portray herself as one, but I it's very clear to tell. Chad, thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it, man. Um let's let's continue with the callers. Two three two fifteen forty two is the number if you want to be all, part of the conversation. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Oh, well, never mind. Uh, 232-1542 is the number uh, for the Joe Cunningham Show if you want to be uh, part of the conversation. Now, I want to move on to another bit of state news. Um, John Bell Edwards basically on his way out the door. Uh, on Wednesday, he urged lawmakers to provide free meals to all students uh he as he signed legislation to reimburse schools uh $860,000 to expand free meals. Uh Edwards was at Lincoln Elementary School. This is from the Center Square. Uh he was at Lincoln Elementary School for the Arts in Marrero on Wednesday for a ceremonial signing of Act 305. Lawmakers approved it last session enabling free school meals to go to students who qualify for reduced price meals through federal school nutrition program. The new law implemented for the 23-24 school year directs the Department of Education to reimburse schools for the difference between reimbursement rates provided by the U.S. Department of Agriculture for a free meal and a reduced price meal. A fiscal note from June estimates the annual reimbursement cost at about $860,000 or $4.3 million over five years. The legislation sponsored by the Marrero Democratic Representative Kyle Green with 16 co-sponsors passed all committees in both chambers with unanimous approval. We talk a lot about spending on education and especially when it comes to teacher pay. And I've, I've fought with you guys on teacher pay and things like that before. 
Um, I would really like to see more of a focus on uh, school lunch programs and and being able to fund that a little, a little, uh, a little more thoroughly, a little more completely. Um, there are kids. That's their only meal they get. And it's even to the point where I would argue it shouldn't be about qualifying for it. Uh, Because anything, literally any, I mean, we're looking at an economic situation right now where things are a lot tougher on a lot more people. Um, I would like to see a shift in education funding to where we are paying for more school meals and we are providing free or reduced lunches to just about every student, regardless of their socioeconomic status, and using that to make sure that the kids are getting proper nutrition. Uh, Like I said, for a lot of kids, especially of lower socioeconomic uh, status, like I said, it's the only meal some of them get. For some of them, the only two meals they get because some schools offer breakfast. But we should be taking care of our kids. And I think spending money on that rather than some of these BS initiatives that get tossed in for education and we start adopting new things and, you know, some school districts look at a new curriculum. It costs thousands of dollars to adopt these things, these programs, some of which are untested and unproven, but school districts adopt them all the time. Say, hey, we need to do something different. So they spend all this money. Why not focus on spending things that we know work? like making sure kids get fed, like making sure that kids have a hot meal in front of them, like making sure that we are taking care of our kids at a very basic level because some of them, they get sent home to school. And I'm telling you this from somebody who was in that system for several years. Some folks really do send their kids to school as a glorified babysitter. They don't get taken care of at home. They don't get reinforcement at home. They really need that support in just about every facet. I'm not saying that schools should replace parents, quite the opposite. Parents should be taking care of their kids, but sometimes it's very hard for them to, or sometimes, let's face it, some of the parents ain't great. So there needs to be, dare I say it, that safety net for some of the kids. So I agree with John Bell Edwards. We need to work on more reduced and free lunch for our students. And I would go a step further and say, let's see if we can focus spending on paying for these meals for kids So they have a chance to get proper nutrition, to get taken care of. And let's face it, those meals break up an otherwise pretty strenuous day. If the kids are getting good academic rigor, they do need a chance to like slow down, take a meal, run around outside and let out some energy before they step back into a classroom. I think it's the right thing to do. I think John Bill Edwards is kind of on the right track on that one. God help me for saying that. I'm doing the sign of the cross as I say it. But I think that's something that we do need to consider. All right. Let's see. What time is it? Okay. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, touch on a couple national things. There's one thing the IRS is doing that's bothering me. and involves AI. Talk about that when we get back. Here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Stick around. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message through the KPL app chat. Now, we got a few minutes left. I do want to talk about 
uh, this story, which has me kind of bothered. The New York Times had a story today uh, about the IRS. The IRS is utilizing artificial intelligence, utilizing AI. Now, they they say their program is going after big money deals, uh, trust funds, things like that. Uh, they're looking for tax evasion. They are training artificial intelligence to scan these things and, and, and look for any, uh, any tax evasion. Here's from the, uh, from the New York Times. These are complex cases for IRS teams to unpack. Daniel Werfel, the IRS commissioner, said in a briefing with reporters, the IRS has simply not had enough resources or staffing to address partnerships in a real sense We've been overwhelmed in this area for years. Mr. Werfel explained that artificial intelligence is helping the IRS identify patterns and trends, giving the agency greater confidence that it can find where larger partnerships are shielding income. That is leading to the kinds of major audits that the IRS might not have previously tackled. The agency said it would open examinations of 75 of the nation's largest partnerships, which were identified with the help of artificial intelligence by the end of the month. The partnerships all have more than $10 billion in assets and will receive audit notices in the coming weeks. More audits are likely to come. In October, the IRS will send 500 notifications known as compliance alerts to other large partnerships that the agency has found to have discrepancies in their balance sheets. These partnerships could also face audits if they cannot explain the differences in their balances from the end of one year to the start of the next. Here's the part of the story that bothers me. The IRS has said little so far about how it intends to use artificial intelligence to crack down on tax evasion. Mr. Werfel suggested that the technology would be deployed to identify compliance threats that have been difficult to spot and that it would help the agency reduce unnecessary audits. As part of its recruiting strategy, the IRS has been looking to hire data scientists to develop new in-house artificial intelligence tools. They're looking to grow that program. The IRS is looking to weaponize artificial intelligence in order to collect more tax revenue. I have a pretty big problem with that. The IRS is using money from the Inflation Reduction Act to do this. And it's going to be, ultimately, it's a slippery slope. It's going to be utilized against not just big businesses and big partnerships and trusts and things like that. It's going to be used against you and me to nickel and dime every bit that the IRS says we owe them. That's a problem. And our lawmakers really need to look at that. All right, you guys have a fantastic weekend filled with great football. I'm going to be back on Monday, 5 o'clock on Monday. The Joe Cunningham Show is back again. You guys, stick around. We've got some great high school football coming. You can follow me on Twitter in the meantime, Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email joe at redstate.com. The podcast version of the show going live in just a few minutes over at joecunninghamshow.substack.com. Stick around. We've got high school football coming up here on KPL and across Town Square Media. You guys have a great one. Talk to you again on Monday.